Hey everybody, welcome to another product-led podcast episode. This is your host, Family John. I'm excited to chat with Nathan. We are going to be chatting all about product-led and how that transformation can look like in sales. Nathan, how are things with you? They're good, Rodney. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I think the only thing is here in Singapore, we have a bit of a new lockdown now, but oh, otherwise okay. it's, uh, it's probably the last one as well since we're all getting vaccinated. I hope so. I really, really do hope so. I mean, here in Toronto, things have started opening up and I ate inside a restaurant for the first time this weekend, <laughs> which is weird. Nice. I haven't eaten inside a restaurant for a year and a half. So I'm just like, I feel like we're <laughs> just so weird, right? I just, I it just, it's going to be a really interesting uh, world we'll be in after all of this has happened. Definitely. Yeah. What was your liberation meal? Oh, man. <laughs> it was my birthday. Uh, my friend took me out. My birthday was uh, just a few weeks ago. My favorite food in the world is fried chicken. <laughs> so we had <laughs> Japanese karage, curry. Nice. Bowl. So I, I know you in Singapore, there's a lot of food. It's like lots of good food. So I've been meaning to make a, make a trip there with my wife. So that's the plan someday. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Let, let us know when you come. Yeah, sure. And yeah, if anyone of the listeners come to Singapore, hit us up at Heads Up. Okay. All right. We got to figure that out exactly how to reach you out later. Before we go on, I am super excited to announce the last cohort of the Product-Led Growth Certificate Program that's happening for 2021. Now, master Product-Led Growth this November. This four-week live cohort program will show you exactly how to build a software that sells itself. We'll be going through some actionable frameworks that just works and will really help you accelerate the growth of your company. Through the program, you'll have opportunities to connect with high-caliber peers so you don't have to go through the product-led journey on your own. You'll be able to meet with experts who can really answer the toughest question you have about product-led growth. If you're ready to become a product-led growth certified professional, apply now at productled.com. Now, enrollment closes on Monday, October 25th, 2021. So hurry, apply now. The seats are first come, first serve. I'll see you there. Let's jump in and let's talk about sales uh, and product-led. I hear this all the time, and I'm sure you're going to say no. (laughs) (laughs) Product-led means no sales. Product-led means anti-sales. What is your response whenever, when if you do hear somebody tell you, Nathan, it's impossible. It's not, it's just illogical to have product-led in sales. What's your thoughts and response to that? Sure. So I think this is something that it's a bit of a history lesson, right? So if we look at the beginning of product-led, that was probably 10, 15 years ago. And at that time, it was still called the consumerization of the enterprise. It was not such a sexy name that you can put on like a three-word acronym, PLG. But at that time, Companies like Slack famously first started championing this kind of growth motion. And I think Stuart Butterfield, who is the CEO of Slack, famously at the time also said that like we don't need to hire sales or sales is not so important at Slack. Right. And that was like early days. And I think part of it was the excitement that any company can be like Facebook and grow virally on its own. But part of it is also just putting out like a controversial statement that gets people reacting, right? So a bit of it is 
saying something that's a bit more extreme than the reality. And if we look at even Slack later on, I think what people felt that the company could have done earlier was to actually ramp up more on sales. And obviously they had an amazing outcome, but in the end, I think if we look at, for example, David Sachs, who founded Yammer, one of his commentaries on the Slack kind of IPO and acquisition was the outcome could have been a lot bigger if they thought more methodically about hiring sales at an earlier stage and structuring it properly. Yeah, if you're interested, I would recommend you go and like, I think it's one of the episodes that David Sachs has on his YouTube channel where he talks about Slack acquisition. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I think that's one thing that you just mentioned is that you're potentially leaving money on the table. I think that's exactly what could happen. Uh, there are several types of users. Some users, I say that all, all the time, and some users love talking to sales. Like we often assume everybody <laughs> doesn't like, but they're just, I can't imagine Elon Musk, like who's super busy, just like wants to try some, like often he's just like, just tell me what's the deal and let me make the decision. So I think that's, I always say this, like you want to think the best of both worlds, product-led, sales-led, community-led, customer-led, whatever-led is the future. <laughs> you want to look at it as a tool in the toolbox. And I really love how you're looking at it like that. I want to get into tips that you have around layering sales uh, effectively. I mean, I'm guessing there's two types here. There's the side where they start off product-led, right? And then you're layering on sales. I think let's look, let's go there. I want to hear your thoughts on the other side where it's sales-led and then going down market. So what are your tips about a pure product-led organization eventually? Like when, how, where, why <laughs> layering on that sales? Sure. So I think the typical product-led company actually floods between sales and product-led a few times. If we look at PLG companies, at the genesis of them, at the seed or pre-seed stage, very often they're sales-led because even if you're building a fully PLG product, you often want to speak to customers a lot when you're still kind of making the product from the ground up, right? And you want to do things that don't scale and outbound a lot and build that relationship of the first 10 or 20 customers who give you very, very intimate feedback. So early on, they're actually typically sales-led. And then past maybe the seed stage, these companies start to become more and more PLG. And then the question later on becomes, at what point or what are the things that we should use to determine whether we should start thinking about layering on sales if we are a fundamentally very product-led company? Right. So I think there's a couple of ways that we should think about this, maybe four or five key things. The first one is, do you have product market fit? If you haven't yet figured out product market fit and you're building a PLG product, you should make sure that the PLG motion grows and has that viral loop first before you think about hiring sales, right? Because you need to make the call at the start, like, do I want to be a fundamentally PLG product or a sales that product? You shouldn't confuse the motions with product market fit. If you haven't figured out product market fit and you want to be a PLG company, you should make sure that that happens first. Yeah. And the second thing would be, do you have a particular drop-off in your customer journey that's really hard to address without having some kind of sales or support function, right? And that could be if your fundamentally PLG product 
has a difficulty getting into some kinds of customers without a lot more handholding. So an example could be Box, right? So Box is a fundamentally quite PLG product. They're like Dropbox, but for the enterprise. But when you go into certain types of companies, they might have more security considerations or integration with other internal systems. And that's when you might not lay on sales, but you need a human touch. And it could be a mix of sales and customer success. The third thing is, has expansion reached the natural limits of your product? So for example, tool like Figma, very often when they first get adopted by a company, they grow really quickly amongst the developers or the engineers and the designers, especially within the first team that it lands in. But sometimes Figma might realize after a couple of months or even a year or two, they start reaching a ceiling where they might not have been able to penetrate a few of those teams. And that really prevents them from going wall to wall, right? So a sales team allows you to bridge that chasm and get to the last few teams that are not yet adopting. A fourth thing to think about is, are you trying to now sell to a target segment that might not be as easily open to trying out new products, even if the product is a great fit? So to use the Figma example, maybe now Figma has exhausted most of the really innovation-driven startup-y kind of landscape of customers. And they're thinking now about getting designers from Goldman Sachs or from Boeing to use Figma. And it's actually going to be a great fit as well because these are still designers, but these are not organizations where people typically go out and try a lot of new products for various reasons, both cultural and maybe to do with regulation and so on. So you need sales to get into these more legacy enterprises. Yeah, and the last thing to think about is how the sales improve the unit economics or the final metrics of your company, right? So especially for larger customers and trying to sell larger deals, very often it's not possible to move up market without getting sales involved. It's just fundamentally hard to sell a six or seven figure deal without having spoken to anyone, right? So sales could be a tool for you when you hit that place where you really need to improve the unit economics. Nathan, that was like one of the best answers I've heard for that question. Man, like you should write a blog post about those five things because like you really talked this out. Like here are five things you need to think about before you become product-led sales. So man, you just blew my mind <laughs> about that. Thank you for that response. And like I said, open to having that on our blog or if you want to write a post about that because that you just systematically, you know, product market fit, going up market, going enterprise, which brings up the question that I have. And I get this quite a bit. I think I saw it on, on LinkedIn. Somebody posted it or Twitter. What is the difference between traditional enterprise sales versus PLG? And I've read some stuff around PLG consultative sales. Like, is there, or is that, is that it? Is that the difference? Or how would you respond to that? Uh, enterprise versus PLG sales? Sure. So I can give the more superficial differences and then the implications of those differences, right? So if we look at the common kind of blog post about PLG sales versus enterprise sales, the first things they highlight would be things like in PLG, you typically 
sell to slightly more junior people in an enterprise, you approach a more senior executive and go top down instead of bottom up. In PLG, it tends to involve a product that people have already used before, whereas in enterprise, you have to kind of go in cold. And these are all like important differences in how the sales is conducted, right? But uh, what's really interesting is the second order implications that has on the sales process. So typically we find that in PLG sales, like you said, it's a lot more consultative rather than adversarial. So you're not trying to persuade people to do something that they are not so comfortable doing or they're not so familiar with doing, right? Instead, you are going in already with a product that people typically have tried before. And what you're trying to do as a salesperson is more to enable them to see more value than what they have currently done in their interactions with the product, or it's to unblock things that are preventing them from adopting the product more. And classic example would be a salesperson that is at a product-led company. For example, we spoke to a bunch of AEs at Product Board, which is a really good PLG company. They are always thinking about what are the kind of either roadblocks or the additional things that the customers could do within the product that will really unlock more value. So when they get on a call, they're usually not thinking about changing someone's mind, but rather helping them. Who are the kind of best support people that I could link a customer to? Or what are the best white papers or instructions that I could send a customer so that they get even more value out of the product? So that's one, like the consultative element. And the second thing is, the kind of stakeholders you typically involve, right? In enterprise sales, it typically involves more stakeholders, more senior stakeholders, but also people like legal or compliance, that kind of like risk elements of a company. Because enterprise software by their nature typically involves more configuration and changing of your own tech stack. If you think about a company like SAP or Oracle, that's an example. Whereas in the product-led world, by nature, if you think about the fact that these softwares need to be able to be installed by any random user in the company, most of the time it takes less configuration and it takes less integration with your own tech stack. So you don't need to involve people like legal and compliance as much. But on the other hand, you might need to involve other teams like the product team or the dev team because they're the people who are going to be using your product and really getting value from them, right? So on both the sales and the customer side, you probably want to bring more enablement folks on board. And very often we see sales leaders and PLG companies working very closely with their product and engineering teams and customer success teams rather than with their legal or compliance teams. I love it, Pan. Once again, another very thorough response. Obviously, this is something that you live, breathe, and eat and think a lot about. So thank you. I want to shift to one last thing a lot of people think about when they think about product-led sales. is around tooling, and you, you're already getting there a little bit. So what kind of tools would you say are required uh, for product-led sales? And I, I believe that uh, Heads Up as, as well is something that could help, but like, yeah, so just in general, like what are some tools you're seeing around product-led sales that organizations are taking advantage of? 
to really get the benefit with this? Yeah. So I think there are probably two groups of tools that I would think about. The first would be what we can t- call front-end tools, right? And these will be tools that change the way in which you interact with your customers or prospects as a salesperson. And that could be examples like conversational marketing or conversational sales tools like Drift, for example, or tools that allow you to float up in-app notifications at the right moment or offer the right kind of support at the right moment. And the kind of reason for that is that typically in enterprise sales, you call up a customer and that's your main channel of interaction, either through calls or emails. Whereas now in product-led sales, there's this whole new channel, which is through the product itself, right? And sometimes the optimal way to interact with a customer is something more low friction. It's not a full-fledged phone call, but just a pop-up in the app that offers you a discount or a chatbot that comes up and says, hey, I think you're having all these difficulties. Maybe it's time to speak to a salesperson or check out this helpful article, right? And these tools allow the salespeople or the sales team to have a wider array of tools in their toolbox when it comes to interacting with a user that's already very comfortable with the product. So those are like front-end tools. In the back end, a lot of the new innovations in the PLG space for tooling when it comes to sales is around data. So PLG companies probably collect a hundred to a thousand times more data on their customers than non-PLG companies. When you're using Slack or Dropbox, every interaction is being logged. So there's this whole data stack that's working in the background. And it goes all the way from logging the initial interactions. And these are tools like Amplitude and Mixpanel down to piping that data to the cloud data warehouse or to a relevant tool. And this can be reverse ETL or ETL tools like Fivetran or Census. And then the data warehouse now becomes way more important. So these will include Snowflake and Redshift and also event tracking tools. So tools that allow you to make a standardized flow of the event data that you collect. And this is a classic example of segment, right? And what Heads Up is doing, and also what a lot of our kind of similar uh, players in this space is doing, is the downstream of all these tools to then take all the data that you collect, both in terms of product usage, but also customer data, like how they're paying on Stripe, for example, taking all this data and translating that into decisions for salespeople. And it can include decisions around who are the best leads to reach out to amongst your massive freemium base, or it could be when are the best moments to have an interaction. For example, Ramli is browsing a certain portion of Slack, and that typically indicates that he's getting a lot of value and ready to switch to a different package. And that would be a key moment that should be flagged, right? And we've seen other really good product-led companies build out these capabilities internally because uh, a few years ago, there wasn't tools like Heads Up on the market. And then to do that, they use a bunch of other tools, things like Looker for data visualization and a lot of reverse ETL tooling like Census to make that all happen. Awesome. 
And we're about to hit our time. One final question. Where can people find out more about Heads Up? I know you're starting already to talk about that. And where can people find out more about you if they have more questions about product and sure. sales? Sure. So our website is headsup.ai. And you can check us out on LinkedIn as well, where we are often posting about sales, about PLG, and about running a startup at this stage for the PLG market as well. And for yourself, if you have any other questions, are you on LinkedIn, Twitter, email address? Yeah your preference sure so if you want to reach me i have twitter it's at nathan wang liao so w-a-n-g-l-i-a-o and i'm also on linkedin under the same name awesome well we'll link all of that information nathan thank you so much for your time appreciate it sure thanks so much rami and um hope your move is going smoothly thank you 